Welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This series will question the assumption that people are psychologically broken and need to be fixed. We will talk about how seeing people as innately healthy will change all of your interactions and outcomes. This is a true paradigm shift, and it simplifies the entire process of dealing with mental distress and allows for more profound and immediate changes. Aloha, and welcome to Psychology Has It Backwards. This is Christine Heath, and I'm here today with Judy Sedgman. We're going to talk today as Moods 2. I think we'll call this Moods and Relationships. (laughs) Uh, We got a request, actually. People kind of send us little notes on what they'd like to hear us talk about. So this person wanted to talk about us to talk about moods and particularly how moods impact relationships. And I think it's probably one of the things that affects relationships in a, uh, a positive way and a negative way more than just about anything else. Um, and I'm a marriage and family therapist. And so one of the things that I see with couples especially is how much their level of stress and the kind of the generalized state of mind they're living in impacts the quality of their relationship. So frequently when they come in for counseling, they're very stressed out, very unhappy, doing a lot of negative thinking about each other. And that state of mind appears to be coming from the other person. It appears like the low mood I'm in is because my husband is a jerk or because my wife is too picky or because I'm not getting enough sex or because... Um, I have, I'm working harder than my partner is working. Lots of different things that people come up with. So a lot, what I try, what ideally what I like to do is really work with people intensely because I make them kind of take time to get quiet. Remember our, our, uh, podcast we did a couple weeks ago on the power of quieting down and When they both quiet down and really quiet down, like get away from the details of their life and what's going on, all of a sudden they just start treating each other better without doing anything. It's kind of amazing. And then they'll get stressed out again and they get in a low mood and then they do their thing, right? And then they go, see, you'll never change. But they don't (laughs) see it just as a, a symptom of, the mood that one or both of them are in, they see it as a, a, a personal thing. It's like, you're treating me badly. This is, you know, like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you saying that? And they take it all personally that the person's in a bad mood and says stuff that they really don't mean, right? Because that's what happens. One of the things we do in a low mood is we get really convinced that our negative thinking is accurate and should be shared, by the way. <laughs> Yes. Let me tell you about what I think about you. And it seems like it's really going to make me feel better if I tell you that. Like it'll give me some relief or it'll make the problem go away. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that when we talk to somebody, when we're in that state of mind in in kind of a really bad mood, the feeling of the mood precedes us. It literally, like gets people in a reactive place before you say anything. They can feel it, that you're kind of a little bit funny. Like my husband, when we were first living together, 
I remember he would say this to me every once in a while. He'd say to me, are you looking to beef? Which <laughs> in, in local wars, that's like, you looking to fight? And I'd be like, he'd like, me, this, like he'd catch me with my hand in the cookie jar. You know, like, <laughs> oh, me? Who, me, want to fight? No way. Why would you say that? Of course, I never want to fight. But, you know, he, he was right. It was like I was on a, on a mission looking for fault, looking for something wrong, looking for um, some reason that I was in this fussy place. Mm-hmm. And my mind, my mind accommodates me frequently. And so over the years, of course, I've learned that when I get like that, I try to keep my mouth shut. I don't always manage it. I, I sometimes feel a need to correct my husband or tell him <laughs> how he could do something better or easier. But um, I usually pay the price for that because he can feel the feeling I'm coming from and then he reacts back. And then what happens to most people, they go, see, I was just asking a question and look at you react. You're such a, a jerk because you get so reactive. And it's like, did I have anything to do with that? No way. And <laughs> the, the kind of ways that our moods blind us to that are very interesting. So for me, one of the things I learned is that if I think my husband's in a bad mood, chances are I am. And I really try to then use his reaction to me as a kind of a signal that I'm going too fast or maybe I'm in a low mood for some other reason. I'm working too much. I'm tired. I need a break. And that ability to use him as my barometer helps me to see my moods as they come and go because it's they're kind of blinding. You know, we get caught in, in this state of mind and we're not aware of it. We don't see it until somebody reacts. So in the way that we interact with people, I think it's, it's if you understand this, it's a great help. Then your most loving people can be your best friends because they'll alert you when you're a little bit off. You know, like, uh, like especially parents will do this with kids. Like frequently parents will say like, why do my kids do that to me on the days that I'm tired? When I come home and I'm stressed, everybody acts out. They do everything. So why is this happening all the time? That They don't have any compassion for me. They don't understand that I had a bad day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it's not interesting how you had the bad day and they're acting badly. Now, what's, what's going on there? You know, like I, and I saw that in myself, you know, when I first – um, got together with my husband, I inherited his kids, which I had no intention of doing, by the way. But I, I did, and I became a stepmother really fast. Now, I'd never lived with anybody but women, you know, girlfriends that I had as roommates, but I'd never had a husband. I'd never had a family. I never had any of that. And suddenly I had teenagers. And I would go to work, right? And I, I, I'd go to work and then I'd come home and I'd be tired and it'd be a stressful day or something. My mood would be low Um, and I could feel it coming home and I'd start thinking about, I wonder what I'm going to make for dinner. I wonder if anybody else made dinner today, you know, like, and and so I'd kind of walk in the house in a bad feeling. It was like that feeling would precede me and I'd walk in the house and my mind would go on scanner. And all I could see was everything that was out of place or hadn't been done or should have been done. You know, 
It's like, and then I'd be upset. Like, oh, here I am. I'm tired at the end of my day and I got to take care of all this. It's up, 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 up. And then other days I would come home in a really beautiful feeling and all those things would still be there, but I didn't see them and I didn't react to them. It was just like, oh, okay, I just, I think I'll make this for dinner tonight. And I'd check in with people. How are you doing? The, the whole feeling would change. It was really kind of magical. But if you yeah, don't know, that's it. When you become aware of that, it really changes everything. Mm-hmm. And and I had a really beautiful uh, incident with a client just last week. So it's a business client that I've been working with whose moods were affecting the people he supervised, basically. He was a high-ranking person in a business. And so, um, and it was hard for him not to, think of it in business terms like he's he's in charge the ball the buck stops at his desk and he's got people working for him that don't meet his he's quite a perfectionist in his thinking and he's very careful and cautious and he has people working for him that he to his mind don't share his standards or don't respond to his uh instruction and i could feel it myself just when he was describing it to me i could feel that his feeling shifted when he would start talking about the things that go wrong at work. Other than he was just talking back and forth to me, he was in a different state. So we worked on that for a couple of sessions. And the last time I talked to him last week, he said, you know, I have to confess something. He said, this afternoon, I went and talked to one of my employees and I didn't stop myself first and really reflect on what's the best way to approach this. And I was up to my old tricks And I let the feeling, the bad feeling go. Let's just let it come out of me. And I saw her face fall. I saw her just like, oh, no, I thought he was getting better, but he isn't. And he said, you know, I was just in a mood and I didn't fix it. Because the end of the day, I just went back to my office and he said, I can't wait. That's what I'm going to confess to you until tomorrow morning that I can go in and apologize and make it right. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so touching. It was just, you know, because that's, that's, that's the other piece of moods and relationships is that when you catch on to your role, you know, the, the, the role that your particular moods play in how you interact with other people, things like apologizing occur to you because it doesn't look like it's their fault anymore. It doesn't look like, well, they made me do that. You start to recognize, you know, he recognized that his mood had dropped and he went and talked to her anyway, even though the little voice inside was saying, probably let that go for until tomorrow. He was going to get it done by the end of the day. And then he, you know, did what he did. And he said, you know, I, if I had her home phone number with me, I'd call her up tonight. But he said, you know, I don't, she's a fairly new employee. I don't even know how to reach her. And I said, oh, she'll be happy tomorrow. Don't worry about it. You know, because, but that is so, uh, that's another thing. It's, it's humbling, but it's also, uh, it's such a relief. You know, I've thought about the number of times that I've apologized to people since I learned the principles. I didn't do a lot of apologizing before, I have to say, uh, because I thought you always think you're right, you know, when you're in a low mood, but, um, 
and and that they've been so moved by it, you know, that, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for noticing that. Thank you so much for telling me that. Mm-hmm. And I've yet ever to have a person say, well, you're just a bitch. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they don't do that because people really respond. They can, they, just as people feel our bad feelings when we're experiencing them, they feel goodwill. They feel kindness. They feel compassion. They feel true remorse and that feeling is healing it, it works both ways you know and it it's uh, it's a beautiful thing to get to that point where you can really be accountable for the things that we do in our mood our mood sometimes even when we know better we're all human we're all we all have frailties we do things we wish we hadn't um and, you know, the choice then you have is to try to cover it up or pretend it didn't happen or find a reason why it's the other person's fault or to just be honest with yourself and go, you know what, I really didn't say that. That didn't come out the way I, w- I would want it to. I'm really sorry. And um, that, that eases human interactions tremendously. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me how forgiving all of us are when somebody comes back to us in a different state of mind and acknowledges that. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a lot, I think, of, of understanding that it is the frailty of our thinking that we think and do things that we really don't mean. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's kind of what psychology does. Like I was doing a supervision with um, one of the uh, uh, graduate students that's going to come and do their uh, practicum with us this morning. And she said that in her class, her instructor um, had, she had been talking to this man who was talking about his childhood and how he'd gone through whatever. And um, the instructor said that she should ask the client what he really meant by that, like what was behind what he was saying, like there was some sinister thing behind what he was saying. And, and I was like, okay, well, what do you think he meant by that? Like what's behind it? Like that he felt like there was, you know, something the guy was up to or that there was, you know, some problem or it was almost like this juicy thing. Like, let's get at what's behind all that. And I said, well, if there's something behind it, you can hear it in the moment, right? If somebody's got a thought in their head that's causing them to have a bad feeling and you talk to them, like you were talking to that guy from the, in the business, like you could feel that. And when you understand the person's coming from a bad feeling, that means don't be paying attention to that thinking. The person's in a bad mood right now. So as, as a therapist, it, to me, it's like our job is to help people to get out of those states of mind rather than investigate why they're in them and that's a huge difference between what we do and what the field does like we're trying to see that moods are a result a result of thinking in the moment and the field is looking at how moods are a result of past experience Mm -hmm. and so you're kind of stuck with them then like you can't do anything about them if that's the case and we get into analyzing them and talking about it. And the more we talk about our bad moods, right, the worse it gets. So when you're in a bad mood and you go call up your girlfriend and you call up everybody and you say, I've been done wrong by this person. And then you call the next and I've been done wrong by that person. 
And well, by the end of the night, you're like, wow, my life sucks because, <laughs> you know, you've been doing this. So it, it's kind of like um, we, we've been given too much. We've been giving too much credibility to low mood thinking. And human beings know that when they're in a low mood, they say and do things they wish they hadn't. Everybody knows that to X degree. Some people are more graceful than I was, that's for sure. But everybody knows that about other human beings. But the, the trick is, is that to be able to see that you don't want to be that, you don't want to be connected to that part of you. That's just like insecure negative thinking coming out of you. So like, that's not you. What you are is this beautiful, loving person. And when you're in that feeling, then your relationships, whether they're at work or at home or wherever, will reflect that feeling. And you can deal with your humanness more easily because you have this connection already, right? It's like when you don't have that connection because you're in a chronically chronic low mood because of all the thinking you're doing or the negativity you're embracing or the way you think about yourself is depressed or however you're doing that, when you're living in that, then it's harder to trust that you're thinking that that thinking is not good because it's so prominent, right? But that's kind of, to me, the thing about relationships and, and, and the psychological world we've created is we think we have to deal with every little interaction that we have with each other that's a negative one. And if you don't deal with it, you're it's somehow, you know, it's going to somehow um, follow you around. You know, like if you don't, you know, like there's that kind of like it, it, you should always solve your problems before you go to sleep at night with your partner. Well, that's yeah. totally not true. You know, like you should go to bed, get some sleep and come up the next morning. But it's, it feels a little odd because your ego wants to keep going with that, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. You keep wanting to talk about it and get to the bottom. And so people will re relive their arguments, right? They come back at it the next day and say, yeah. And remember yesterday when we were talking about this, do you see how you were wrong yet? And then the other person goes, me, I wasn't wrong. It was you. You're, and then they're in it again, right? So you gotta, once you're out of a low mood, don't go back into it. Like that, I learned that really the hard way. And it, it's like you, when you're out of it, be rid of it in your mind. Don't go back and try to figure it out and fix it. It's gone. It's just a mood. You know, I, another story that occurred to me when you were talking about that is, and this, this is kind of personal, but it, it all ended well. So let me say that first, but there was a, there was a time when my daughter ran away and um, when she came home after three days without any regard whatsoever to what I might've been experiencing for three days of not knowing where she was, uh, she was angry and and she was, you know, expounding. She just sort of walked in the door and started, you know, yelling at me about all the terrible things that I'd done as a mother. And because I had just become involved in the principles that year, I mean, I've been for several months, but I knew the first, I just knew not to go there with her, you know, that it wouldn't be a good time to try to reason with her. <laughs> <laughs> or to say, well, what do you think I've been doing for the last three? I didn't do any of that. I just listened. And um, 
And the first thought that came to me is, it must be really embarrassing to be 15 years old and have failed at running away. Here you leave, you think you have all these big plans and you're going to show them and blah, blah, blah. And then you fail and you come home and you're dirty and tired. <laughs> and it didn't go well. And I thought, oh my gosh, that poor child, she must be so embarrassed. And it's humiliating. I was just feeling so, I felt a lot of compassion as she was talking. And so I just listened. And then finally, she stopped to take a breath. And I said, well, honey, this isn't a good time to talk about it. And I know you'd probably love to just go take a shower and, you know, reacquaint yourself with your room and relax a little bit. And then we can talk later. And she looked at me. It was so funny. Everything, her demeanor completely changed. And she says, mom, is that you? (laughs) Because she was sort of pre-arguing her case, thinking I was going to start yelling at her about what she had done. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's me. I'm, I'm your mom. You know, it's okay. I'm just glad you're home. And it was just a funny experience because we never really talked much about it afterwards. She calmed down and, you know, things worked out, but, but, um, (laughs) when I think back on that, I think how many ways that could have gone wrong if I didn't know not to go into a low mood with somebody who was already in one. Yes. Because there was a time in my life when I wouldn't have known that and I would have gotten very defensive and say, well, who do you think you are yelling at your mother that way? And I've been worried about sick, you know, not being able to sleep, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't do any of that because she was too upset for me to, to even bring anything else up that might make it worse. You know, I just didn't, I just saw how, how embarrassing it was for her. That's anyway. a great, that's a great story. And actually yeah. if you think about it. That's kind of the beginnings of us knowing that we have a low mood. Like when you, know, when you're really little and you get mad at your parents and you're going to run right. away and you yeah. then realize <clears throat> You, there's nowhere to go and like oh you'd have to like pack your suitcase my mother used to say can I help you pack your suitcase and, <laughs> you know it's like oh oh that thinking is not very good no I don't think I want to do that but that's kind of like we forget that after a while we start to think our low moods are valuable you know and mm-hmm. so being able to see not to talk about a problem when you're in a low mood is really learning how to look at life for solutions versus fixing problems. And that's, again, how what we do is really different from the field of psychology. Is psychology is interested in fixing problems between people. And all we're interested in is getting people to live in better moods more of the time and their problems go away. That's right. So our word for the day. Don't go into a low mood with somebody else who's already there. <laughs> yeah. And don't yeah. don't impose your low moods on other people if you can catch yourself. Right. That's right. And that's all it is. Yeah. It's just a little yeah. path. And you'll come back. Pass. So that's it for today. Aloha, everybody. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. We hope you heard something new and that you will continue to join us to challenge the prevailing thinking about the possibilities for health in everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, visit our website at psychologyhasitbackwards.com.